St. John Bosco was a, a priest in the 19th century in Italy who was known for having a number of prophetic visions. And so, uh, kind of like Joseph in the Old Testament, he would have dreams that had meaning and he could interpret them. And, and one of his most famous prophetic visions involved a great battle at sea. And there was a number of ships, and it was two sides fighting against each other with a number of war weapons. And on one side was the flagship, and the Pope was inside of that ship, and there was a number of other church members in all the, the auxiliary ships with the Pope. And then on the other side was the enemies of the church, and there was this great battle back and forth over the sea. And then out of nowhere, there appears from the sky these two columns that just kind of drop down from the sky and they hover over the waters. And on the top of one column was the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then on top of the other column, this column was actually much larger than the first, and it was a Eucharistic host. And the Pope's flagship drove to go in between these two columns, and all the auxiliary ships came and anchored against these two columns. And then suddenly all of the enemy ships start to crumble and sink into the ocean. This was a dream that St. John Bosco had, and he started to preach on it, and he told others that the church, the Holy Catholic Church, is going to face great trials in the future. Remember, this is the 19th century. It was about 200 years ago. He said the Holy Catholic Church is going to face great trials in the future, trials much larger than we've ever seen before. And the only thing that's going to keep us rooted and save us through these challenges is devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and to the Holy Eucharist. This is a great prophecy that certainly encourages us today as, um, as we continue to try to hold fast to our faith in difficult times. And, and I find it very fitting and, and exciting that we have the Feast of the Blessed Virgin Mary, her Assumption into Heaven, August 15th, happens to fall right in between the liturgical cycle where we're spending a series on John chapter 6, all focused on the Eucharist. We spent the past four weeks on John 6, and we still have one more week to go next weekend. It's kind of amazing how that just happened in the liturgical cycle. Mary and the Eucharist come together, and we just happen to be at a time where society is in turmoil. Our belief and our faith and our devotion to the Eucharist can certainly be enhanced by our relationship with Mary. And this has always been so. This is not new. This has been the case for the entire history of the church. It's part of sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And in particular, we see in our readings today highlighting Mary in a particular aspect that connects her to the Eucharist. And that aspect is Mary as the new and living Ark of the Covenant. So I want to spend some time unpacking that for you because if that's the first time you've heard about this, 
We need to reveal to you how scripture shows it to us and how tradition has supported this all throughout the centuries. The Ark of the Covenant, as a reminder, was in the Old Testament where the holy people of God, the Israelites, even in the desert on their way to the Promised Land, had a, a sacred vessel called the Ark of the Covenant. It was made of gold. It was a large box. And inside of this sacred vessel was believed to be God's presence. And so this was the holiest of holy items for the people of God. And inside this ark, they placed a piece of the manna. Remember, we spoke about the manna in recent weeks. This was the prefigurement of the Eucharist. They also placed the rod of Aaron, the, the high priest of Israel. They placed, they placed his rod, his staff, inside there. And they placed the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. Again, the, the law that was given by God to his people. And, and this was a very sacred item that they carried with them into the Promised Land. And once they got to the Promised Land, they built a temple. And inside of the temple, there was a section that was called the Holy of Holies. And it was in this section that only the high priest, only once a year, was allowed to enter. And within the Holy of Holies was none other than the Ark of the Covenant. This was a very uh, a foreshadowing of our tabernacle. We, too, have a golden ark, a golden vessel of God's presence right here in the Holy of Holies, the sanctuary. Well, six centuries before Jesus came onto the scene, there was a destruction of the temple by the Babylonians. This was a great, terrible day for the people of God. But right before the temple was destroyed, the prophet Jeremiah goes in and rescues the Ark of the Covenant, and he brings it to a mountain, Mount Nebo. And it's there that he puts it somewhere, and he tells the people of God that the Lord will keep the Ark hidden until he chooses to reveal it once again. The Ark of the Covenant was hidden for six centuries. That's a long time. Consider we're only two centuries since Jesus Christ. For six centuries, the people of God are longing for this Ark of the Covenant to return. It's as if they would come to the church without a tabernacle. It's a sacred building, but there's something missing. The most important thing, God's presence in the Holy Ark was missing from the temple. And then what we see is that God's presence becomes made new in a whole new way like never before. God becomes present by taking on a human nature. Jesus Christ bridging the gap between God and man comes down to this earth and the ark, the temple, the house that bears God's presence is the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we see that scripture highlights this for us. In fact, right here in St. Luke's Gospel, right, we had a, our reading from the beginning of Luke's Gospel today. He draws a number of parallels that highlight very specifically how Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant. 
So I just want to read with you some of these parallels from the Old Testament to the New, showing how Mary fulfills the Ark of the Covenant. So in the book of Exodus, chapter 40, it says that the glory of the Lord in the cloud covered the tabernacle, which contained the Ark, and overshadowed it. So there was a glory cloud, which was symbolizing God's presence in the Old Testament, and it overshadowed the Ark of the Covenant. In Luke chapter 1, the Holy Spirit, God, comes upon Mary, and the power of the Most High overshadows her. Same verb is used, same style of language there. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, we have King David, who was the high priest and the king of Israel uh, at a time where the temple had the Ark of the Covenant. He arose and went to the hill country of Judah to bring up the Ark of God. Luke chapter 1, Mary arose and went to the hill country of Judah to visit Elizabeth when she was pregnant with Jesus. 2 Samuel 6, David exclaims, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth exclaims, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? David, in 2 Samuel 6, David leaped before the ark as it was brought in with shouting. Luke chapter 1, John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb at the sound of Mary's voice, and Elizabeth cried aloud with a shout. 2 Samuel 6, the ark remained in the hill country in the house of Obed-Edom for three months. Luke chapter 1, Mary remained in the hill country in Elizabeth's house for three months. St. Luke is being very clear and specific that Mary is the fulfillment of the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant, which not only says a lot about Mary, but says a lot about Jesus, because the person within her womb is God himself, and she is the God-bearer, bringing in the presence of God to the world. But St. Luke wasn't the only one. St. John also believed that Mary fulfills that Old Testament ark. In the book of Revelation, which is our first reading today, we have the vision of this woman in the sky with uh, a crown of 12 stars and the moon under her feet, gloriously reigning as queen of heaven and earth in the sky. And this woman happens to be pregnant with the Messiah who will save the world. Some say this is a symbol. But right before this happens, John, in chapter, the very last verse of chapter 11, it's unfortunately not in our first reading today. I wish it was. But the, ver the verse immediately before today's first reading says this, that God's temple in heaven was opened. The ark of his covenant within his temple was seen. What does that ark of the covenant within the heavenly temple look like? A woman pregnant with the Messiah, body and soul in heaven, reigning as queen of the universe. St. John, along with St. Luke, recognizes that Mary fulfills the ark of the covenant. And therefore, it's fitting 
that she reigns body and soul in heaven, intimately united with Jesus our Savior. And all the saints of the early church and even leading up till now have affirmed this interpretation as sacred scripture and sacred tradition. So what does this mean? What this means is that Mary is the new and living Ark of the Covenant, the God-bearer, the one who brings and reigns with Christ's presence in the world. But in a very real sense, the tabernacle fulfills the Old Testament Ark, but also points towards the heavenly Ark, Mary. This tabernacle is an image of Mary's womb, which holds God's presence in the sacred Eucharist. And so as we draw near to the Eucharist and draw close to Jesus in the Eucharist, our relationship with Mary doesn't take away from that. It doesn't distract from a relationship with Jesus, but instead it enhances It prepares us to receive Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. So my question for you today is this. How is your relationship with Mary? How's that going? You know, we as as Cajuns have a a great devotion to Mary. uh, She's the patroness of our diocese, especially uh, Our Lady of the Assumption in particular is the patroness of our diocese. The Acadian flag has a little star on it that represents um, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, um, and, and it's just common amongst a lot of occasions to just kind of say the Hail Mary or say the Rosary or have images of Mary in your house. And that's so beautiful and so wonderful piece of our culture. But how's your relationship with her? She does reign as queen and mother. And she wants nothing more than for you to be so intimately united with Jesus. And so a relationship with her is just like talking to a proud mom about their children. She will inevitably bring you closer and closer to Jesus Christ, her son. And just like Jesus was prefigured in the Old Testament, so was Mary. Because God prepared us for her so that we can long to be with her and Jesus in the heavenly kingdom. So today as we prepare to receive the Eucharist and and every day moving forward as we gaze upon this tabernacle, may we always be reminded that a relationship with Mary enhances our relationship with Jesus. It prepares us to receive him in the Eucharist. It doesn't distract and it doesn't take away from our love of Christ our Savior. And so today, that's our prayer, that we would draw close to Mary and ask her to bring us closer to Jesus. Amen.